Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. Hello, guys. How are you guys going? Hello, hello. Um, so usually you see me up here as an MC and kind of you know messing around, but no, not me- no messing around today. I promise. <laughs> I'll try not to. Um, anyways, before we start. Um, as Josh mentioned, I'm Andre. How are you guys going? Um, before I start, can we just pray first before I start? Yep. All right, Father, I just thank you, Lord, Lord, that we can all be here together, Father, as a family, Father. Father, I thank you, Lord, Lord, that um, each and every single one of us here, Father, you have brought here, Father. Father, you have brought along in a journey with you, Father. And Lord, I just pray, Father, Father, that whatever you have prepared for them, Father, whatever that, that you have prepared at this time, in whatever season they are in, Father, Father, may you use it, Father, for your glory, Father. Father, that the words coming out from my mouth, Father, the words coming out from the other sharers, Father, may it, not, may, may it just not come from us at all, Father. May it come from you, Father. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. We open our doors. We open everything, Father. Father, may you speak to each and every single one of us where we are. And just thank you, Father. Just commit this time in your hands, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. So, beyond zero. So last year, God has been bringing me through a bit of a journey, um, and he's been using many things around me to just express this idea of a a relational kind of, um, very personal relational uh, desire to be with me. Um, And one thing that is actually used especially is my son Samuel. I know it's pretty obvious, some of you guys, or you know, some of you guys who are already dead experience and stuff, but as a new dad, it was, by far the steepest learning curve that I've ever faced. Like there was no menu, kind of like doesn't matter, matter what books you read, like, you know, like kind of 101, how to be a dad. Nah, nah, nothing prepared me for, for what it was. Um, but through it, God has shown me many facets of his character. Um, as a father, he has shown me many, many facets of his character. Um, and a lot of these facets, actually are really like hate knowledge to me. I could kind of literally just stand here and just give you a lot of my hate knowledge. Um, so it was a lot of hate knowledge to me. A lot of it wasn't in my heart at all. You know, it was kind of like here, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I knew about that kind of stuff. You know, you could tell me stuff and be like, yeah, yeah I knew about that, but it was actually never really here or actually never really lived here. It lived right here in the hate, hate knowledge. Um, so what happened is this led me along the path of questioning. At its lowest point, I seriously question why I choose to follow God. Like, like why? Why, why? Why do I choose to follow God? Why? And, and, you know, who is this God? Every Sunday, you know, I come to church, and every Sunday, and then Pastor Nay and Pastor Beck preaches about this God, and it seems to like absolutely different God that I know about. Um, and, and really, that God that Pastor Nate and Pastor Beck were preaching about seems a lot nicer than the God I knew. Seems to be a lot more, seems to be a lot more cool than that God I knew. Um, and, and really, it reached a point where I was kind of like, why in the world even, am I even coming to church? You know, it's kind of like, what's the point? I could be sleeping in, I could be doing something else altogether on a Sunday. Um, and I thought about it, and what actually kept me coming was because I actually wanted to find out who that God was in terms of, you know, Pastor Nate, Pastor Beck comes out every Sunday and preaches about it. Who in the world is that God? So that me, you know, that, that got me coming. 
and and also part of it is also just seeing how Pastor Nate and Pastor Beck remain so steadfast in God's promises. I just really wanted to kind of find out if it's like, you know, that God I knew, absolutely different, whole whole opposites, literally. Um, see, Samuel doesn't know about this, but along the journey, God used him in a very, very big way um, in, in terms of connecting me with, with the church family um, and also connecting me with others. Um, and a lot of them, their words and actions, I really, really am very appreciative of and really grateful. Um, most importantly, when I spend time with Samuel, I came to understand the meaning of grace and unconditional love as well about this God that Pastor Nan and Pastor Beck preaches about. See, I know some of you guys will be thinking, as, as I'm going to make this statement soon, my goodness, rookie mistake. Okay, so this is one thing that really kind of got me, and, and, and if I do get emotional, please do forgive me and stuff. Um, I attempted to negotiate with my son. I attempted to negotiate with him. See, I, I work in an industry where I do a lot of negotiation, and, and you know, I kind of feel quite confident being a negotiator. Pretty good negotiator, you know, pretty good negotiator. Um, he was then one years old and a bit, and for some of you who are wondering, the Sam that you see here, that's his Christian side. That's, that's his Christian side, yeah? Um, when it comes to home and meal times, let's just put it this way. We use a lot of tissues and a lot of wet wipes and a lot of chasing around flying food. Okay, let's just put it this way. So anyways, there was just this Saturday where I was giving Sam his, needle, uh, his, his dinner, di dinner, giving Sam his dinner, and I was feeling quite out of sorts. And the reason I was feeling quite out of sorts is because it was a Saturday. And I stayed home the whole day with Sam, and then work starts again on Monday. And, and you know, it's, it's my Saturday, you know, I'm staying home with my son, I can't go out, I have to go back to work on Monday. Grumble, 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 grumble. And Sam, on the other, and Sam, Sam, on the other hand, you know, he was not very thankful about that. He's like, oh, dad sacrifices Saturday for me. I'm so thankful. I'll just listen to him. No, 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 no. He was not wanting to have his dinner. He was basically swatting his, his spoon and throwing a bit of a tantrum. Um, and all I was trying to do is provide him a well-balanced meal with rice, meat, and a veggie. And no, no, he was like, no, I, I want this. No, I want that. No, I don't want to get to eat everything. No, no, no. Kind of stuff. Um, so, once again, this was the negotiation deal that I did. This is the negotiation deal that I did. All right. My offer to him was 10 miles full of food from me. In exchange, he could have a choice of the snacks that he wanted, which I showed to him like, these are the snacks that you can have. You know, you like this a lot. 10 miles food. He said, Do we have a deal? Rookie mistake, rookie mistake, guys. <laughs> it did not end well. It did not end well. I know something like, yeah, obviously it didn't end well. Yeah, it did not end well. Why? Because all of a sudden, all he wanted was his snacks. This is all he wanted. Like, you know, it didn't matter how many spoonfuls I opened. And I'm like, no, no, it's like, I seen the snacks, now all I want is the snacks. So that went on for a bit. Um, that went on for a bit. And I was furious. I was literally furious. I had to walk away. I had to get out and just walk away. I was just like, 
It's one of those times where I'm kind of like, yeah, crying baby, I don't really care anymore, I just walked away. Um, and, and I walked away, and it's just that whole kind of like, why, and you know, rah, God, where the heck are you kind of thing. And I was furious, I was furious, I was, I was absolutely furious. Um, but I came back after a while, after coming down, and I don't know if Sam knew I was furious, but all he did was literally looked at me and waddled or ran or walked in his little way as he is at one, one years old and gave me a hug on my legs. That's, that's all he gave me. You know, he, he didn't kind of... He didn't kind of go. He he didn't kind of go that that silly, that silly of you being furious with me. I'm one year old. I don't know such stuff. He wasn't furious at all. He wouldn't kind of like, you know. You have weird, you have weird expectations on me. You're, and and I did, I did, you know. And maybe part of it came from the fact that I was disgruntled over the whole fact that it was a Saturday, and my son wasn't thankful, but he's one years old, you know. And I had all the expectations, and he gave me a hug on my legs, you know. I carried him, and all was fine, you know. He didn't kind of like rah, you know. How dare you be angry with me, kind of stuff. No, not at all. Um, and that really touched me because, you know, I was just reminded of God's accepting nature, despite my, ex despite my expectations of Him. You know, God, you got to do things this way, my way. Um, you know, getting angry at God because He wouldn't accept the deal that I made with Him. You know, the deal of God, if I do this, you get, you, you're going to do that. If you don't do that, then, hey, you, that deal's over, mate. You didn't, you didn't, you know, you, you didn't come through for me. And also, it, it just reminded me, of, it doesn't matter what I can do or what I cannot do. You know, God, God has called me into His service, called us into His service, despite our limitations. Despite our limitations. You know, He allows me to ask questions, tries to figure out on my own time of, of you, know, you know, whether or not, cheers, mate whether or not, you know, whether or not it's right or wrong. He gives me the time to figure it out myself. And he's ready to love me, regardless of whether or not, you know, I do something, I don't do something. He's ready to love me. He's ready to run up to me, arms wide open, you know, dust, dust me off as I fall and stuff. Reflecting back, what was a different, difficult time for me during that, during that period of questioning? It was, it was so hard. It was so hard, like coming and serving and stuff. It was so hard. Um, it was also a time of preparation for me. It was also a time of preparation. See, I was always ashamed of my testimony, the story that God had gave me. And I was never willingly able to share it. And for reason, and, and the reason for that is I never thought my testimony was epic enough. 
You know how you listen to some of your testimony, it's like, oh, you know, God got me at this darkest time and brought me up and all that stuff and God's the hero and stuff. Like, mine's kind of like, you know, boring. You know, you watch one of those movies and, you know, versus the one of those like action-packed movie where the hero swings in and it might just pretty much two people sitting there talking. Hey, how you going? And it's like, kind of like, oh my goodness. Um, so, I, I remember having a cherry pasta back earlier that year as well, um, regarding my testimony and stuff, and you know she encouraged me and everything else, and obviously that went into head knowledge as well, and 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 that that was that uh, I basically, basically was kind of like literally like, nah, um, never gonna happen, you know, I don't have to do it, so pretty chill, um, but all that was gonna change, um, and really is God's hands in this. I was actually privileged to go for Levers 2018. Um, and I actually wasn't, I wasn't able to go because of work. My, my bosses refused to approve my leave, and that was that. Uh, but for some strange reason, the exact manager got involved. Like, he just got involved, and all of a sudden, my leave was approved. So it was one of those kind of like, um, all right, cool. Eh? Exact manager doesn't usually get involved with, you know. <laughs> but he did. So anyways, um, so approved leave a lot to go. Um, and, and this very interesting thing happened. Um, so just for the sake of protecting people's privacy, I'm going to change some names. Um, so it was the last night of the leavers, and I was part of the zone team. So some of you guys who don't know, the zone is basically, um, it's literally in the middle of a huge, huge field, in the middle of nowhere, um, which leavers get dropped off by bus, party the night away. Um, it's the safest place they can be. There's a medic tent, no alcohol, no drugs zone. So usually what happens, they would have their drinks before they head to the zone. Um, and then, you know, some of them you see while in the queue, pretty drunk, so on and so forth. I, I, and, and that night, it was the last night, um, I, I never, I, I haven't had the chance or kind of literally never had to kind of face that opportunity where, you know, you've got to share your testimony kind of thing. It was the last night, this lever ran up to me. And, and he ran up to me and was quite adamant he said I was Andy, apparently. I was quite certain, very, very certain that I was Andy. And I was like, okay, Andre, Andy, same, same, but different. Um, and he was quite certain that he had met me during, during the period of leavers, that, you know, I, he was his best mate and stuff. Which I was like, yeah, that's cool. You know, some other red frogs probably laid the foundation for that. I was pretty sure that. I on the other hand was like, I'm pretty sure I've never met you before, but that's okay. Let's chat. <laughs> so, um, we did that, and the first thing he came up to me was that other than your Andy, I know you kind of stuff. And he asked me, like, are you morally stable? Am I morally stable? And I was like, I don't know, am I morally stable? <laughs> I'm not perfect, am I morally stable? I don't know. Well, anyways, I said I was. <laughs> um, um, and he asked me that because he had some questions around his relationship. So. The conversation went on, you know, we had a chat, I managed to chat and speak to his life and stuff, and, you know, I found out that he was Muslim, and he wasn't ready to be a good Muslim because he was, he was um, too young, and the funniest thing is that I'm not ready to be a good Muslim, oh, and by the way, guy, and, and by the way, and he said this, I'm not ready to be a good Muslim, and by the way, I know I'm very drunk. And I was like, okay, cool, good, good to know that you know you're drunk, and it's like, yeah, I know I'm very drunk, I know, and I, I know as a Muslim I'm not supposed to drink, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's cool, man, no, it's all good, it's all good, all good. So. Um, why is Google up? I don't want you, Google. Go away. 
Okay, cool. Um, so anyways, by then, that stage of the conversation, we literally rehashed that whole group Muslim thing about five times. And I don't know, it was, I'm not sure if it was a combination of drunkenness or God's grace or God kind of like, yeah, it's your turn to give your testimony. Um, he what didn't seem really bored about rehashing it five times. He just kept going about five times. And I was like, we still carry on this conversation? Um, so at that point, for me, it was either share my story or provide an excuse to run away, which there was a lot of. I could say like, you know, I'm busy, oh, God, I gotta go there, or you know, get my team leader to come in and save me. Easy, easy done. I, I just, I remember kind of feeling that I had to do it, and I left it to the wind. I literally left it, I was just kind of like, yeah, you know, I'll just do it. Let's, let's see how it goes, let's see how it goes. Um, they, they say that, uh, well, they didn't say it, but the Bible says perfect love has no fear. And at that point in time, I actually didn't feel any fear for some strange reason. It, that whole kind of like, I'm scared, my testimony sounds stupid, didn't come to my head. It, I just kind of like, let's just do it. So I did it. I shared with him of how I was brought up in a loving household. Um, even though my family weren't Christian, it's a loving household. You know, I didn't have any family issues. Um, I accepted Christ at 16 because of a combination of curiosity and also mostly because the girl I wanted to go out said I had to be Christian before she would go out with me. <laughs> dodgy, dodgy, dodgy. <laughs> um, although I assure you that I married Hannah fully committed to the Lord. Right, so it wasn't a kind of dodgy kind of <laughs> thing. Um, I shared with him on how I would call it. I floundered around my faith constantly wanting to prove myself worthy because I was taught from a very young age in a Taoist believing family there to make deals with the gods. You make deals with the gods. You know, if I was good to the gods, the gods be good to me. And also how finally I walked away a year after because number one, I ended a relationship with the girl. And also because I couldn't see the difference between serving God, being a Christian, and serving the gods. So a set of deals, or a set of proving myself. Um, so, walked away, but there was, however, this youth leader who eventually became a mentor to me. I still call him boss, even at this age. Um, who continued to keep in touch with me and really showed me a glimpse of what grace, the grace of Jesus was like. He continued to speak encouragement in me and, and continued to speak to my life despite me moving to Perth in um, 2007. You know, and you know, how I came back to Christ, I shared with him how I came back to Christ from there, you know, how I recommitted my life to, uh, from there. So, the lever didn't really, you know, didn't, you know, he, he, he heard that, he was like, yeah, great and stuff, and I did share with him as well, you know, that's, that's how God mowed my life, his journey and all that stuff. No, he didn't accept Christ then, then. Um, he still felt he was too young to make a commitment. But the conversation we had going on, because I shared my testimony, going on, I managed to see so much glimpse into his struggles and his life and what he wanted to do and speak life and encouragement into that. And I believe that through that, the seed had been planted. Even though the harvest 
might not be done by me, but the seed had been planted. And then I don't know if he actually went to visit his local church. I gave him a few contacts around his area. Um, but I believe, I believe that, you know, that chance, because even though I, you know, my testimony was mundane and boring, there wasn't a, we saved you from the darkest moment. It allowed me to speak encouragement. It allowed me to speak life into him. So all, all of that, all of that, what beyond zero has been to me, what beyond zero has been to me, you know, what God has brought me through from my period of questioning, preparing me to being able to go for leaders, sharing my, sharing my testimony despite me feeling like my testimony is horrible. God has shown me that, God has shown me that everything that I knew in the head knowledge, He made me unlearn all of that stuff. And then he retaught me a lot of stuff through my son, through my experiences, through my fears, through my questioning. And, and basically, he showed me that he's a God of grace. He's a God of grace. He's a God of promises. That his assurance of of you know, I have a plan for you, plan to make you prosper. You know, it doesn't matter what you do. That, that promise is a promise. It's set in stone. Nothing can change that. It doesn't matter what I do. Nothing can change that. You know, the journey is ongoing. The journey is ongoing. It's not the end. I believe God has so much more for me, so much more for us. Until the day I meet Christ, but it's one thing I'm pretty sure of, I'm actually very sure of, that His grace can be relied upon and his promises are that of a lifetime guarantee. Thank you, guys. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lyft, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.